Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. Let me ask you something. Wouldn't it be amazing to travel the world uh, and live wherever you want and still make money, not being tied down to any specific job or any specific country for that matter or state and really be able to live with true freedom? That'd be pretty rad, right? Well, today's guest is Nicole Velaka, and that's what she does. That's her life. She is a global citizen and a digital nomad, but she likes the term global citizen. We'll get into what the difference is. And um, she's all about lifestyle by design and helping other people create a similar type of lifestyle that aligns with what they want to do. So she left her home country six years ago and never looked back. And today she's going to give us all the stories of that and where she's at today. So how are you doing today, Nicole? I am awesome. I'm so ready to dive into this entire conversation. Looking forward to it. Yeah, super pumped. Um, so I, just tell me the story. Like what made you decide to, I guess, to leave like your hometown, you know, and start creating this digital nomad sort of like lifestyle for yourself? Yeah, great question. So I'll dive into kind of the short version of it. And then if you want to touch on anything, then feel free to let me know. Now, I am from Canada. And in 2015, so this was way before COVID, this was way before working online, I was finishing my university education and going into the workforce. And it did not take long, it took a few months, less than six months to realize that I now knew at 21, 22 years old, what the rest of my life was going to look like. I knew that I would move up the corporate ladder, that I would continue to stay in likely a similar field or a similar position, but moving up that ladder, I would potentially move into the big city. I would get a mortgage and a car payment and the 2.5 kids. And I knew in my 20s what the rest of my life looked like minus potentially you know a few vacations and holidays and that scared the shit out of me and what i always say you know it's not a lifestyle for everybody there are some people who might hear this uh probably not your audience but there are some people who hear this and they think to themselves but i'm happy living that lifestyle and if you are that's awesome i am a proponent for being happy doing what you're doing and truly feeling fulfilled in your lifestyle. And I knew that that lifestyle was not going to fill me and did not align with me. So I started in looking into what the heck I could do. The easiest option was to move somewhere to get a teaching job. I ended up moving to China. I absolutely loved it. I lived there for four years. COVID happened, got stuck outside of China, you know, long story. But during that time, I realized that I didn't have to stay in any one country, whether it be my home country, whether it be China, whether it be anywhere else in the world, and that I could build something for myself online, as I'm sure a lot of your audience does as well, or has done in the past, where I was truly passionate about what I was doing day in and day out. I wasn't working for somebody else and I wasn't building out somebody else's business. So then once I started traveling, I realized that, you know, I can be a citizen of the world. Canada does not have a lot to offer me in my personal circumstance. Canada did not have a lot to offer me. I wanted to optimize my situation, optimize my taxes, and optimize my lifestyle for what worked best for me. When I think of Canada, I do not think of home. Um, I think of the world as my home. And so that is what brought me here. And then today I help people to obtain their residencies, potential citizenships, depending on the country, and business setups abroad, mostly in Latin America right now, because there's so many amazing options. And I absolutely love what I do, helping other global citizens to diversify their lifestyle and live where they are truly aligned. Yeah, 
Beautiful. I love it. And I love the fact that you're just like, it just wasn't a life for me. You know, if you're happy with it, that's fine. You know, do your thing, but it just wasn't for me. And I think that's an important distinction because if we surround ourselves with people who are like, you should be happy, this is it. But there are people like you, you know, and it was like me too. I was very similar situation. I wasn't in corporate. I was in construction work, Uh, but I followed my dad's footsteps. I was doing like hundred K per year, you know, at 22 and I was just grinding every day. And I remember talking to one of the journeymen, like, does this ever get better? And he looked at me and just started laughing. He's like, no, dude, this is it. And like, this is your next 40 years. And it's, I was just like, that just, every time I thought about it, just put this twist in my gut. And that's where I knew that I had to do something different. I found out about coaching and you know, the rest is history. Uh, but it's difficult when you're surrounded by people that tell you, you should just be happy. Uh, why, why do you need to like move all around? And then even yeah. still when people say that and you kind of shove those feelings down, they're going to come back tenfold and you're going to keep feeling it that way no matter what. So you really have to lean into it or just live a life of regret wondering what if. So I think it's just an important thing to think about for uh, whoever's listening right now. Question, you said that you're in Canada, you decided to move, get out there, start this digital kind of uh, lifestyle for yourself. You said you moved to China. What was it about China that really drew you in and made you want to go there? That's a funny question because it was less about China or the place I was going and more about how quick can I get out of Canada and be somewhere else. It didn't really matter where, quite honestly, but be somewhere else where I could figure out what I truly wanted. And I'm very grateful that everyone who I surrounded myself with in Canada did not put the pressure on me to have to lead that corporate lifestyle, that lifestyle that Western culture sells us. So I had the freedom without having to kind of go against the the grain. But I internally, like you mentioned, I internally knew that I would not be happy there for the rest of my life. So it was more about leaving Canada, less about China. Um, It's funny because when I first heard about China as an option, I was thinking like, why would I want to go to China? Like I wanted to go to Korea. I wanted to go just somewhere, but China never popped up. And back, this was in 2017 when I, I initially moved to China and we the global collective knew, I believe, a lot less about China back then than is in the news now. You know, now we see it as a big, big modern cities and it's it's a lot more cosmopolitan now than what we knew and what I had the conception of China back in 2017. I was like, I don't know where I'm going, but I know in order to start this journey, I need to start. And so what I always say is you likely will not see the entire staircase, but you just need to take the first step. And so for me, leaving Canada and going anywhere else was taking that first step. And now, seven years later, I'm here, I'm sitting in Chile, I'm talking to you, I'm running a business, I'm doing what I love every single day. But if I didn't take that first step, then I never would have gotten here. Wow. So when you were thinking about how do I get out of Canada, was China just the fastest way for you? Pretty much. Yeah. China of all places. <laughs> all so, places. That's just crazy because yeah. it's like, it's so far away from Canada. Well, is it? Yeah, it is. Right. It's far. And yeah. I had never been to Asia as a continent. So I had never been to any of the countries in Asia. And now I've traveled to most of the countries in Asia. And I, I, I feel like it's my home, quite honestly, because I did so much growing up living in China. Um, but yeah, I had no idea what to expect. But, you know, I knew the worst thing that could happen was, and I, I like to think of the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario was not horrible. 
Worst case scenario was I get on a plane to China. I absolutely hate it after a few months. I really give it a try. I hate it. And then I go back to Canada. If I really don't like it, I can regroup and I can leave again. You know, is that really the worst thing that'll happen? No. So why not take the jump? Yeah, no, that's really cool. So how often do you like visit family? I guess I'm kind of curious about Do you go back to Canada like once a year, like for the holidays or something, or you just like zoom call? What's up? (laughs) I'm in Chile. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely stay connected with my family digitally, but I don't go back to Canada very often. I would say right now it's a little bit easier because I'm in Latin America. So to get up, North America, it's much easier. But you know, when we're in Europe or Asia, it could be one year, two years. Um, but we we stay connected digitally. And there's there's difficulties with this lifestyle as well, which I try to be very transparent about in my content. And one of those many difficulties is you have aging parents and you have aging grandparents. And so that is just one of the many difficulties that comes up and and you have to deal with it. And however you deal with it looks differently, whether you go home or you don't go home. Um, but you know, to each their own, but there are definitely struggles and that is one of them in this lifestyle. Yeah. Wild. It's really, it's really interesting. Cause like people think, oh, it sounds so cool. Like digital nomad travel the world, all this stuff. But then you have to think about the repercussions it has in the other areas of your life. Like relationships is huge. You know, I mean, you pretty much left essentially your whole life behind to pursue this thing that just felt right to you, which is rad. What was it like? you know, saying goodbye to your friends for at least like the first extended period of time, or, you know, for maybe the last time, like saying goodbye in person, you know, like your family and stuff. What was it like kind of detaching from that? Did you get homesick? I did not get homesick. And I find myself very grateful for the fact that I can compartmentalize things very well. So I know that they are always still there. And like I said, we keep in touch digitally, but saying goodbye was difficult. Also saying goodbye was difficult because I didn't know how long that it would be for. But now that this is my life for the rest of my life, they know that, I know that. So we're able to meet in the middle. And on that note, I do want to note as well that I have absolutely lost friends along the way. And I see that as a benefit because they know that I won't be coming home for a long time or potentially never. And they don't see the point, I I guess, of keeping in touch with me when they might, might not see me for multiple years in a row. And I do have friends who I'm very grateful for, who I do stay in touch with. And, you know, we don't have as much in common now, but we are friends from when I lived in Canada. And then there are friendships that I've lost. And I personally like to have more of a quality friendship than having a bunch of friends the older I've gotten I've definitely realized that as well but that's just something that kind of naturally happens in this lifestyle yeah I'm sure you made a ton of friends too just in traveling well I have and it's also difficult because so for myself I want to surround myself with like minds I don't want to just surround myself with absolutely anybody so when I am meeting somebody and assessing if it's a relationship worth keeping in touch with. If I may not see them in one or two years, I want to know that they live a same lifestyle or a similar lifestyle to me and that they are interested in entrepreneurship and bettering themselves. And so those are the friendships that I want. And in this lifestyle, there are great platforms where you can connect with those people, but it also can be somewhat difficult at times as well. So there, there again, there, there are pros and cons and I myself have a podcast. So I love connecting with other people and making friendships from that as well, because I know that those people are like minds to what I'm interested in. 
Yeah, totally. And yeah, a podcast you can take with you anywhere, which is super rad. So yeah, this is, it's all really interesting. And it's something like, I think so many people strive for like digital nomad just has become so big, but it's interesting just to hear, you know, from someone who's really like doing it as aggressively as you are. And just to hear about the, the nuances that come with it that people probably don't really think about. So yeah, when you, when you left, did you already know that like, how did this turn into a business? I guess is the better question. Uh, did you, cause you just left were like, I want something different. And then you, did you get to a point where you're like, okay, I need to figure out how to make money. Uh, what's kind of the story that led you into now teaching other people how to become, you know, digital nomad, global citizen. Yeah. 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 That's a great question. So when I first started, like I said, you know, I, I went to China and I had a job, which was great. And then after a few years of doing that, I realized no job is going to fulfill me, let alone the job that I went to every day that I absolutely dreaded. And I had to start figuring out what I was passionate about. So when I started, I actually grew a business in a completely unrelated area. And the main point of having that business was so that I could travel and that I could sustain this global citizen digital nomad lifestyle. And I realized pretty quickly, and it was making enough money so that I could travel and I could, you know, afford accommodation and food and do all of the things. And I realized pretty quickly that what I grew my business in was not something that I was passionate about. And so that's something that I, I'm very passionate about talking about as well, because it's one thing to do something for the money, but to do it day in and day out, especially building it as your own business, you really have to be passionate about. And I could not for the life of me create content about this business. And I hated Instagram with a passion because I just didn't know what to talk about and what to post and what to say and what to put out there in the world. And so when I started living this lifestyle and realizing that Canada did not have a lot to offer me and that there were certain countries and places in the world that had so much more to offer me, um, I, as I said, I think I said, or we were talking about off air maybe in the beginning, I left my country of Canada, my home country's residency, and I obtained residency somewhere else that was going to be more beneficial, not only for myself, but for my business. And so now when I go back to Canada, I'm essentially a, a tourist. I can't overstay for too long uh, because then I will become a resident again, just as with any other country that you visit. So I have obtained residency elsewhere. And then I started looking at all the people around me and creating content who wanted to do the same. And that's why I focus on Latin America, because there are so many great opportunities in Latin America to pay zero tax or low tax to set up your business, to have different incorporation structures where it's so much more beneficial and you get to live a global lifestyle. You don't have to necessarily always stay in that country for three months or six months to get residency. Some you do, some you don't. It really all just depends, but it really stemmed from living this lifestyle and doing it myself and realizing that there was a need and that others wanted to do the exact same thing that I had done. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That's another thing to think about. That's like one of the nuances of citizenship and you're done for like super long and then it's like changing it up and thinking about the taxes and all that kind of stuff. So you're technically a citizen in Latin America now, correct? Well, a citizen and a resident is different. So I am a resident in one of the countries here and continuing to always build up my residency portfolio. There is no limit if you do it properly on how many residencies you can have um, and then where your tax residency is. So that's a different, a whole other situation as well. Um, but so residency is different than citizenship. I am a citizen. I have dual citizenship and continuing to build up my global portfolio of citizenship and 
residencies, which are, are usually two very different paths to obtain both of those. And you have to figure out which country is going to work best for your lifestyle and your situation as well. Um, but I'm a very big proponent, as with many others who are in this industry, of diversification. So for myself, I have various um, six, seven, I don't know anymore, um, offshore bank accounts, all legal, like none of this is illegal. I know it might sound illegal, um, but I have different, you know, structures where they're flow through and they're no tax and bank accounts and you have to structure it properly which is what I help people do and it, it depends based on everyone's unique situation but I don't trust one government or one system to hold all of my money or all of my investments or all of my you know whatever it may be I like to be as globally diverse as possible um, because you know I, I could quote so many examples but one in, in Canada I don't know if you're probably familiar with it during 2020 when they had the trucker protest and froze all of the people who were involved in that protest, the government froze their bank accounts. And oh. governments truly do have the power and the ability to, without any explanation, quite honestly, do whatever they want with your investments, your bank accounts. If it's registered in their country, it's yours and it's theirs. So I like to diversify as much as possible in all areas, bank accounts, residencies, citizenships, hold multiple, not even just two. Hmm. That's really interesting. Very, very interesting. So when someone works with you nowadays, what, well, actually, let me ask you this before we get into that. You talk about like digital nomad. We were talking before you had hit record. There's digital nomad, but you prefer the term global citizen. What is the difference? Yeah, great question. So, uh, you know, as with everything, people will always say, no, it's this or no, it's that, you know, I'll post a new piece of content and there's some controversy on it. But the way that I like to de define it so that it makes sense in people's mind is a digital nomad is what we have been hearing about a lot in the last few years. They will travel the world, maybe part-time, maybe full-time. It looks different for everybody. And they don't know what that long-term plan is going to look like for them. So there's a high probability that they may and can return to their home country you know they haven't left that system yet and so for me that's my definition of a digital nomad whereas a global citizen are really the people who i help global citizens have have or want to in the future leave their home country knowing that there is a much better lifestyle out there for them that they want to pursue and don't plan on coming back to their home country. So they might get rid of those bank accounts, get rid of the assets, pay the exit tax, leave completely. And you're investing a lot of time and money in this. And so you don't want to come back into that system because you're going to set yourself up elsewhere. So for me, that's the differentiation between digital nomad, potentially short term, not really too sure of the future, whereas global citizen is really creating that lifestyle for yourself. Mm, interesting. How long do you typically stay? I guess it's really up to you. But do you have like a an average time that you like to stay in different areas? Or is it have you kind of got sucked into any place for an extended period? Well, so that gets tricky, because we so what we do, we don't have any type of digital nomad visa. My partner and I travel together. That's why I'm saying we. Um, but typically in most countries, I can stay on one of my passports and it will allow me for three months. 
And if you want to get a digital nomad visa, you can stay for usually one to two years, but I don't want to get into the system of that country. So in most countries, and it can be shorter, but typically 183 days, then you're going to be a tax resident of that country and they're going to come after you for taxes. Um, so we like to stay not long enough to trigger that, but we also have to keep in mind how long my passport can actually let me stay, which is usually 90 days. So it's great because we get to be in one place. We'll usually stay in a place for one month and then go to either a different city or a different country and explore. But you haven't seen the whole country, of course, in three months. So you know that you can always go back. There's always so much to see and you don't feel like you have done absolutely everything in that country. You never need to go back. So it's nice because even though we've been to a country once or twice, we can come back five or six times and there's still so much more to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. That's like even traveling to like a local or a different town. It's like you can go into a city and see new stuff every single time, but it's cool too, because you're like familiar with other things that used to be new to you and that you're still discovering new things yeah. while, you know, going back to like old restaurants or whatever it is or cool little experiences. Yeah. Um, and just feeling comfortable as well. You know, when yeah. you've been to that city before, you feel like, even though you're not an expert, of course, at that city, you feel like you know it a little bit more, you know how to get to and from the airport, you know, you're a little bit more comfortable with it, which is nice. Totally. So when people work with you nowadays, what does it really entail? Um, like, are you helping them just kind of set up their global citizenship with like diversifying bank accounts and all this kind of stuff? Uh, is it, is that what you really help them with? Or do you help them like build a business that allows them to have the flexibility or is it a mix of both? Like what's it look like? Yeah. So it's not so much on the business side. So when people come to me, they will be making enough of an income where they can afford to take the time, money and energy and leave whatever structure is not serving them. So I don't do any, you know, business coaching or anything like that. It's more consulting. So they will come to me and they will say, Hey, this is my situation. This is where I'm paying tax. This is where I want to be paying tax, or this is the system that I want to leave. And again, it looks different for every single person. So there's no one size fits all. And that's why we have a consult. I figure out what works best for them and what the best option is for them, specifically if they're interested in South America, because like I said, that's the region I deal in. There's so many amazing opportunities here if you are willing to potentially live here for a longer term. And um, yeah, so, so take a look at that for them, figure out the best plan of action based on their lifestyle, what they want, what they'll need in the future and their long-term goals. And then I have a great team and a network behind me who will then implement that for them, whether that be international accountants, international lawyers, and whichever country we have decided serves them best, um, setting up the bank accounts and yeah, kind of all of that stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, it's such a unique thing. It's like, I've never had any conversation like this with anyone before about like what you're doing. And it's just, it's really interesting to me. So what advice would you give to someone who's thinking about getting started with becoming more of a global citizen or a digital nomad and just like taking on this lifestyle? Yes. Okay. So the first one that comes to mind for me is take it slow. So I would I always recommend to leave your home country, leave your home base, have something set up online, something that you enjoy, something that you can truly do every single day and leave for a short period of time. Travel for a little bit, but don't just go cold turkey because there are so many ways to live this lifestyle. There is not one right way to do it. You know, I 
I'm living out of a suitcase. And I love that. I'm a minimalist at heart. I travel full time. My home, the country where I was born is not my home anymore. And that's what works for me. But that doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. There are so many different ways to live this lifestyle. You can also be a digital nomad if you live in your home country six months out of the year and then travel six months out of the year. And you don't know what is truly going to be fulfilling for you because the lifestyle I live, there are a lot of behind the scenes, like we were talking about behind the scenes things where it once you get into it, it can be a struggle, like packing and not everything fitting into your suitcase. And every single thing you have is what you need. You know, what do you get rid of? So there are those small details that until you actually live this lifestyle, you don't really realize. So take it slow, take a short trip, a few months, figure out what works best for you. And it's also, it can be really tiring to run a business and have to be on all the time while you're also in this beautiful beach town like we are right now. And you want to explore, you want to do things, you want to see things. So you really also have to have that mindset and be driven and have great time management and know that you're building something for the long term, something that you enjoy, something that is very fulfilling to you, whether you're living this lifestyle or not. So I think those are kind of my my biggest takeaways and things that I have learned along the way that can hopefully help other people if they are, you know, this this lifestyle gets very, and I talked to a lot of my podcast guests about this as well, gets very glamorized online and you only see the amazing parts of it, but there are many pieces that are very difficult. So take it slow, figure out what works best for you and then go from there. Yeah. Even when you said like suitcase, I was like, damn, I didn't even think about that. You know, like if you live in a suitcase, I mean, I go you know, travel and my girlfriend and I will go somewhere and she like wants to get some clothes or something. She's like, oh, this is super cute or whatever. And then she gets in. It it's like, that's just another thing you just added to your package now. And now you got to lug that around. And it's like, I feel like you get to a point where it's like, you can, you can buy new clothes and you know, different material things, but like, you got to take that stuff with you now. And you got to think about packing light and staying light enough to move around because you're never really settling down completely in one spot. I'm really glad you brought that up about here's what people imagine it to be. Here's the reality of it though. It's like, it's, it's so different than what most people are taught to do. Like we have our house, you know, we have our drawer, our dresser, where we have our clothes. And it's like, if you get more clothes, you can go down to like the Goodwill or something, which you can still do when you travel and stuff, but it's just, it's a whole different ball game. So I think taking it slow is a great, is a great kind of game and just playing it with what feels good to you. If it's like a week, you know, or two weeks in one spot or maybe a month. And that's like an extended period and just kind of challenging yourself on that. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, you said you have a partner and I'm just kind of curious, did you, when you first started traveling, did you meet your partner during travel or did you two both start doing this together? So we met in China. He is from Mexico and we met in China and I basically told him like, I'm leaving China. I've been here for way too long. It's time for me to be in another country. And he was like, yeah, that's not, that's not happening for me. Um, eventually <laughs> we kind of got on the same page and we moved to Turkey. We were going to be there for a year. We got residency. And then we were like, you know what? We don't have to stay here. We can be absolutely anywhere. So we did meet in 
China and then we both ended up really enjoying this lifestyle and you know this lifestyle it looks different today since we've been doing it for quite a few years now than when we first started when we first started we would be in an Airbnb for one week and then the next week we would move and be in another and moving every seven days is exhausting so we really had to figure out and it works for some people I know some people who do it and love it but we had to figure out what worked best for us and for us to run businesses as well yeah yeah, moving even on smaller trips. Uh, my girlfriend went with her mom and her sister to Italy and they were gone for 10 days. And it was like her mom planned the trip and she just like jam packed way too much because they were trying to see everything. And it was like a day here, a day here, two days here. And she was like, I, my girlfriend's like, I'm so exhausted. It's just too <laughs> yeah. much. We went to Sweden and uh, for two weeks. And that was a really impactful trip for me because um, with my business, you know, I, I always would take my work with me kind of what you were saying. And I feel like that's a really easy trap to get caught into when you become an entrepreneur, especially with like an online business. I mean, if you're traveling like you are, it's like you kind of have to because you still have to show up and do the work. But I think it's fun to challenge yourself to leave and actually go on a vacation. And I talk about this a lot. So I went with two weeks and I decided that I'm not going to bring my work with me. I'm going to leave it at home. I'm stressed. I'm, I'm stressed just hearing this story. And I'm curious <laughs> if I can still make money. And we ended up, you know, I was doing a bunch of work leading up to it and like setting up systems and that sort of stuff to run, you know, promotions. And there were tons of different things. And I had new content. I was doing a Kajabi program, which is now out. Uh, it's on YouTube as a series of 60 Kajabi tutorials over 60 days. And I built up my affiliate, you know, line of income from there. And, um, that has soon now generated like passive income every month for me, which is so rad. And there's like continuing to grow with more people finding the series. But anyway, we left, went to Sweden. I was like, let's go do it. And I left my work. I took a book with me in my suitcase and that was it. And we were chilling, traveled all around, hanging out with family and friends, eating a bunch of food. Like you mentioned before, it's like, I got to hang out with relatives that I haven't seen in a long time. I met new family, new, um, like people got married or in relationships. I got to meet their partners and all this stuff. And I got to see some relatives that I'll probably never get to see again because they're just old, you know, and I may, I never know what can happen. And it was just really cool to actually soak in the experience for two weeks. And I wanted to do work, but I was like, no, I'm challenging myself. And, uh, when I got back, I ended up making $8,000, which was like incredible. So I think that's just a, a cool thing to kind of, there's so many options when you run an online business like this, like you can travel the entire world, like, you know, you're doing, um, or you can even just set your business up to where you can take two weeks or three weeks or maybe even a month. Like my goal eventually is to do a month where I don't take any work with me and I still make money every day. Like that's the goal, you know, but that's, I'm not quite there yet, but I took two weeks off and still did pretty well. So yeah, it's just something cool to think about just the options that are available to us today. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you have found the lifestyle that works for you and works for your business as well. Because hearing that story, I'm just like, oh my gosh. You're like, like nope. I'm so stressed. <laughs> yeah, like I would love to do that. But then at the same time, um, I feel like I would also not love to do that just because of how stressed I would be. But that would be something that I would work on. But um, yeah, you know, in my lifestyle, I you're right, I have to travel and work. And so it's just very ingrained in me that I even if I'm in the most beautiful location, yes, I can take a day off, but I can't take two weeks off because then that two weeks prolongs and prolongs and there's so much to do and see. And then, you know, so it's, it's really every 
every business, every lifestyle works best for whatever your individual situation is. And that's why I say, take it slow, figure out what works best for you and then go from there. Yeah, definitely. So based on your career, being an entrepreneur and a digital nomad or global citizen, forgive me, what's something that you wish someone told you early on in your journey? Hmm. I guess coming from my story and my background, one thing that I wish that somebody just enlightened me on was that there are more than there's more than one right, quote unquote, way to live life there. And, you know, I'm none of my family is doing what I'm doing. I don't even think they understand the realms and the depths of what I am doing and helping people do. But I, like many others, was I was brought up in a middle class family in Canada and we're just kind of taught to go down this very traditional path. And yes, I'm grateful that I got a higher education because that has helped me land great job opportunities and go to China. However, did I waste four years of my life? Sometimes I, I think about that. You know, I could have probably been doing a lot more productive things than learning in a space that is not not the way that I learn, you know, in a traditional university setting. And I didn't question that. And I had nobody around me who questioned that. And so, you know, I say, and I like to think if and when the time ever comes when I were to have kids, that I would want to encourage them to critically think about what their life is going to look like, not just go the traditional route. And yeah, a higher education is great, but there are many other things that are just as productive and money building, wealth building for you to do. Just as, you know, a traditional education is great, but there is also world schooling as an amazing option. There's so many alternative options out there that I did not have the fortune of growing up with and learning about until I actively went to seek it out. And so I think if there is, you know, one one takeaway, one last thought for a listener to really chew on would be that, would be that there is not just one way to live life and try if possible. It, it may not be so easy, but try to surround yourself with those people who do think differently. And I know that can be challenging. I'm from a very small town in Canada. There was nobody who thought the way that I thought, but you have the internet. You have absolutely anybody that you can connect with online and come join me in my community. I have a Telegram chat where I'm always posting new information for global citizens, for new tax changes and laws um, that the people who are in my community who are interested in that are, are interested in. Um, I have a great podcast. So I try to be as inclusive as possible. And sometimes I find this space is not very inclusive. So I try to be as inclusive as possible for anyone from any walks of life with any preference to be able to create their, what I like to call lifestyle by design, but really a life that aligns with them. And that doesn't necessarily mean doing what you saw your parents do and staying in your home country if that doesn't feel right for you. Yeah. Great advice. The world is your sandbox. That's what I got from it. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So for the listener, um, I would highly recommend to get connected with Nicole, even just a chat, you know, and go into the telegram group. I mean, that's super rad. Where can people get connected with you exactly? It was your podcast, but is there anything else? 
Yeah. So if you want to just have a chat, then Instagram is the best place to do that. It is Nomad Neeks, N-O-M-A-D-N-E-E-K-S. I'm kind of going through a a rebrand right now. But if you check out my podcast, Work, Wealth and Travel is the name, very fitting name for the lifestyle, um, then you can see all of my links there and connect with me there. And I also create YouTube content around living this lifestyle and taxes and residencies and citizenships and what that looks like. Um, So you can also check out my content there. But if you are thinking about living this lifestyle, there are many, trust me, many people who are already doing it, who can help you along the way. And you're not alone. Brad, definitely get connected with Nicole. If you're, even if you're thinking about just dipping your toes with it, highly recommend Nicole. First person I would go to personally. Um, For the listener, I know we covered a lot of different things, a lot of ideas, a lot of reality checks, honestly, when it comes to thinking about this lifestyle, if it's something you actually want to do. And it was really eye-opening and insightful conversation. Uh, But the biggest thing is that, you know, you get out, you kind of test your horizons a little bit. I think traveling by yourself too, even taking like a mini trip. I went to Mexico by myself, had some really fun memories. <laughs> and there's just like stuff that you do when you travel alone. That's really, it's just like you challenge yourself in a different way and you see things differently. I feel like people push themselves a bit more. So, you know, I think that just getting out into the world is a really amazing thing that I wish more people did. A lot of people think about it, but they don't actually do it. So that's kind of what inspired me from this conversation for the listener. Take something that you learned from this, get out there, make it happen. And we'll see you in the next one.